0: 104.7 The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk.
1: It is time for another edition of Ned Talk right here on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show Sunday. July 25th, so much sports news going on so many different places to start. Mr. Reynolds, where do you want to start at? Well, we'll have to start
2: with the the headline game of the day which was the Olympic basketball game which we would prefer not to be in the headlines but it is not terribly terribly unexpected but it you kind of hoped it wouldn't happen. And it's an opening opening round loss for the USA.
1: Oh, it's it's a stunner.
2: To no, France? No, I'm, not, I'm I'm going to debate that a bit. Not a stunner, a surprise. But France has Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz and they have the
1: kid from uh, the Boston Celtics on there. But you're but they've got two name <laughs> NBA players and the while it's not the dream team, I think most of the names on the NBA on the USA roster they're pretty well-known basketball players. They
2: are, and in all honesty, man for man, they should not be losing. But they also not together. They, have, they, they simply haven't gained any kind of cohesive play to what they do. That's a big problem over and above all that. As painful as it might be, but the Americans are going to have to admit that the world has caught up
1: world might be passing us right now
2: maybe even passing yes.
1: because it uh, it's it's not looking pretty all the way around Mm-mm. and but we'll we'll go over that a little bit our resident basketball expert john oliver john how are you today i'm doing well
3: sir I,
1: I one thing i want to bring up with you guys real quickly mm-hmm. is that uh it's the olympics we need to be rooting for the usa <laughs> but these games are in a pay-per-view circumstance right Do you think that's right I can tell you my personal opinion, I did not see the game today. Right. I didn't either. Nor I didn't will
2: I see any of them.
3: No. I think the Olympics should always be on, quote-unquote, free television. So that's a mistake on NBC's part. NBC's no stranger to mistakes. So.
2: <laughs> they, they are not. That's my old network with whom I was associated for years. And, hey, they have messed up so many mm-hmm. times, my goodness sake. But, but, but. The bottom line is, and I agree with Joe, I agree with you, that is a major mistake. Here you have your country. I don't care what your political leanings are. It is our country playing on an international stage, and you have to pay to watch this? Right.
1: I beg yeah. your pardon? I, I Well, I, I agree with that completely. I mean, I just, I don't get... The, the money grab especially the I think the Olympics in my opinion have lost their cachet a little bit mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. I don't think people are it, it's not a, a a stop what you're doing for two weeks and watch and uh, I my parents were huge Olympic followers and so it kind of got ingrained into me that you know when the, the Olympics happened everything stopped at our house and that's all that we did was watch the Olympics but the but the sad truth of the fact is guys and I'll get Josh's opinion, because Josh is with us today, is that, you know, when we beat the Russians in the uh, the Olympics in hockey, we're now the Russians. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it's amazing. You know, France beats us in basketball. What's that do for France? What's that do? They're, you know, cheering Eiffel Tower or whatever. Especially, you know, <laughs> Joe, <laughs> considering the fact that they
4: are the next host.
1: That's oh, right. Yeah. There
4: yeah. So what do you think, Josh. I agree with everything you guys have said. I mean, I think it's sad that we have to pay to watch it. I I really like the Olympics. I always have. I think it's a great showcase of of talent around the world. You get to to see people that you would never have seen otherwise from other countries. You get to see good competition. Uh, And I think you're right. I think the world has kind of caught up to us. We are... We are the big juggernaut of sports, and so they're all looking to take us down, and, and they're getting to the point where they can do it a lot easier than they used to be able to. I think that's kind of a a disappointment to me that America isn't as dominant in these things as they used to be. But it's also cool to see that, that there's more parity in the competition throughout the world. I. Uh, you know, it just is not the same thing to me anymore.
1: I know there's a lot of advertising that goes along with it, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, promotional material that NBC especially puts out there. But I just, I'm not feeling the same way about it that I used to feel.
3: I think it's a change in culture, Joe. I really do. And I mean, Ned hit it on the head when he said, you know, as As people who live in this country, of course, you really should be rooting for the U.S. But I think we've seen, you know, it's one thing if somebody says, hey, I'm a Cubs fan and they live in St. Louis. Yeah, they're going to catch some grief. But (laughs) I mean, if you live in the USA and you're like, well, you know, I really like the Lithuanian squad this year. (laughs) Oh, do you have family? Do you have lineage? No, no. I just like them. You know, it's not it's not something where you just pick a team like that. But right now I'm not telling anybody they don't anything they don't know. The country is so divisive about every single issue. It feels like the Olympics are the same way. There's just not the unified support you yeah. would see in past years.
1: well, I think again, that's just a change in culture, like mm-hmm. Ned said, I think it's just a change in the way that we've we've moved. There's so many different things to talk about sporting wise. and we're going to try to cover a little bit of all that today. so let's let's talk about the NBA Finals next. Well, the in
2: all honesty, the better team won. Uh-huh. Uh, I initially picked the Phoenix Suns to win the thing, but when they dropped that first game after having dropped lost two of them and then win the third game when Milwaukee came back, the you know what they are capable of winning four straight uh-huh. and they did exactly that. Uh, and decumbo is just a just a a beast uh-huh. out there, a Greek freak. Well, come on, the guy is a really good player. And he is surrounded by good players, Chris Middleton being one of them, a, uh-huh. an Olympian. So you have to figure into the, uh, the fact that Milwaukee has a young and up-and-coming basketball team. So does Phoenix. Uh-huh. Phoenix is very good, folks. Very good. They have a nice ball club. And those two, I think, are beginning to emerge. And I saw some preseason, for what it's worth, poll that the Los Angeles Lakers will be in the championship next year. Well, they better younger up pretty quick. <laughs>
4: it seems like low-hanging fruit to say that, though. Yeah, he, of course Yeah, You know, as a Lakers fan, you know, they, they always are talked about. Mm-hmm. Let me ask
1: you this. Ned, you've been a big advocate of Kevin Durant being the best player in the world. Do you mm-hmm. think maybe Giannis is pushing him off that I absolutely pedestal?
2: Absolutely. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. One of the differences is... That while Durant is, an, he's alleged 6'11", he's more than that, he's about 7'1". And an athletic 7'1", he is not the big person. No, he's not bulky. And Decumbo is and can move well and is a, he has his head in the ball game. He also comports himself very well, not only on the court but in public, have to like all those factors. This is a guy who is a role model, and yes, oh. I, I think he is going to be and already has emerged into a major star and an individual f- for whom the young kids can follow, even though he's Greek. <laughs>
3: <laughs> John, what did you think
1: of the uh, NBA Finals?
3: This was, you know, I talked about the last few weeks about how golden the NBA is for the next decade because of all the young stars. And they've these are good young stars that are role models. That's a key key point, Ned. So in the Finals, you know, when you think back to the Finals when, you know, Guys our age were growing up. There's always those key moments you think about. And the Bucks showed two of those to me. The first one was the Giannis block on DeAndre Ayton. That's a play you'll see maybe once every five years in the NBA. Somebody get up on a block and block a, a sure dunk like that. That turned the tide to me completely. Phoenix is a very good team. Booker will be back. Chris Paul's coming back again. But then Drew Holiday's steal... In the closing moments when the Suns had a chance to put away game five, completely dashed their hopes. The Bucks are a very good team. Giannis is not going anywhere anytime soon. He is, in my opinion, the best player in the NBA. Luka Doncic is close, but Giannis is the best player in the NBA.
1: It's nice to see the big man. It is. Coming back again, it's nice to see maybe the reign of the big man. Yeah. Coming can- back. Let me ask you this. Would you, uh, anybody here at the table, would you have been surprised if Phoenix had won that series? Not at no. all. No. At first, no. Mm-hmm. But had
2: they had Milwaukee not won just the first game, but any of those games, uh, and Phoenix mm-hmm. still win, then I would have had to have changed my mind because mm-hmm. I really thought Phoenix was the better team. They had been riding such a crest of excitement and playing so very well. But Milwaukee, man for man, is
4: probably the better team.
1: uh mm-hmm. Did you watch any of the NBA Finals, Josh? I watched a little bit of it.
4: Uh, and, and what I said from the beginning is I think, it's, I think it was cool just to have two teams in there that had exactly there, you know <laughs> So Phoenix, cool. I'm, I'm happy for them. And, and it seems like they are a really solid team, and I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll be competing as long as they can stay healthy.
1: A little bit uh, of a different style of basketball for the mm-hmm. teams, too. Yeah.
4: But I'm with you. I love the return of the big man. I was a huge Shaquille O'Neal fan when he was playing for the Lakers. And when he played for Orlando, even he's, he was dominant. It was fun to watch. I like to see that the post play with the big guy in there making his moves. I love watching, uh, Akeem Olajuwon in his <laughs> heyday. So I there like was that. an article.
1: I um, have not been able to find it, pull it up, but it was a uh, article about who's the best big man of all time. Let's just mm. go around the table and talk about that really quickly start you, with you you
2: ask me that question do you I know, know what you're say. well what my answer is going to be the exactly. best of all times will Chamberlain no mm-hmm. question about the, the, the still. it still all time leading in, in terms of his points per game 50 points a game his 100 point a game will never be matched uh, in my opinion the best big man out-dueled. Bill Russell got the headlines and the great mm-hmm. duels when they went after each other and I did have a guy ask me once he said well what would have happened if Chamberlain had played against uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I said he did. They uh-huh. played against each other when uh, one was with Milwaukee and the other when Chamberlain was with the Lakers. They did go up against each other. Uh-huh. And uh, in each case, one had the upper hand in one category, Alcindor or Jabbar in scoring, Chamberlain in rebounds in defensive play. Uh, without question, the most dominant figure, the one thing that Wilt Chamberlain lacked more than anything else was the ultimate killer instinct. He was a good guy, great guy, liked being in the NBA, liked all the camaraderie and so forth and so on, but he never really developed that, I'm going sh- <laughs> to shove somebody in one hand right down that basket along with the basketball, which he was strong
3: enough to do. John, what about you? Uh, I can't argue with Ned on that, honestly, but I will say, I think there's a case to be made for Bill Russell. I think a lot would argue for Llewell Sender, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, just because he's the all-time leading scorer. I, I personally think longevity and consistency needs to be rewarded. If you, if you stop talking about all time and you talk about the era of the big men, I think of the David Robinson, the Akeem Olajuwon, the Patrick Ewings, Sean, the Rain Man Kemp. I mean, there was a time in the eighties and early nineties where, The NBA was dominated by big athletic centers, and Shaquille O'Neal was the cream of that crap. I think anytime you talk about the greatest big man in history, you have to bring him into the equation. His Achilles heel was the free throw shooting, and that, Mm -hmm. you know, hack-a-shack will be known in the annals of NBA for all time because of that, but... What a fantastically dominant player for his era. Cannot
1: so, argue that. It's really hard to choose somebody after John chose everybody,
0: right? <laughs> what, what do you think?
4: Well, I think you. I, I would say that Wilt Chamberlain is probably yeah. the best, but then I would say my top three would be him, Kareem, and Shaq. Those yep. would be the three that I would. I, pick. I think I'm going to put Shaquille O'Neal at the top just because
1: um, physically. Mm -hmm. There's nobody like Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal, as big as he was and as athletic as he was. You're right about the free-throw shooting portion of his game, but Chamberlain Mm -hmm. had the same problem. He was not a great free-throw shooter.
2: Except uh, one of the little-known records in his 100-point game, Wilt also set a foul shot record of 28 for 32. Mm -hmm. He could if he concentrated, but he didn't concentrate. Uh, Give me the ball. I'm in the low post. I'm going to score right over everybody with my little funnel shot that I had. Uh, that's that's how he viewed things. He didn't practice free throws. He
1: didn't need to. I think it's interesting that each of the big man have this almost uh, Shakespearean flaw to
3: them. <laughs> that's very true. You know
1: that that Chamberlain was not a guy that lost interest from time to time, and that uh, Kareem <laughs> didn't have really the physical body type and was easy to be pushed out, and and certainly was not a defensive player. And Shaquille O'Neal's probably was that he again easily distracted. <laughs> and was a huge baby. Yeah. A huge, you know, 300-pound crying baby on the court most mm-hmm. of the time when <laughs> things off the court weren't going his way.
2: Interestingly enough, Joe, their college careers do not mirror each other. At uh, at oh, no. Kansas, Chamberlain was a great All-America his sophomore mm-hmm. year, great All-America although his team didn't achieve in their junior year, and left mm-hmm. when, he, when uh, the coaching change had been made and so forth and so on. Left then— uh, and here's O'Neal with LSU teams that really, they, they were good, yeah. but they never achieved greatness great. as such. And they should have been as dominant as this guy was. Same with Maravich when he played for them. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not a big man, of course. He was six five, but uh, he could play and he could score.
1: But the team never did anything. Do you see anybody coming up in the NBA draft that's going to change a team dramatically? There is a kid who is
2: pretty much reported to be the number one choice, and I believe he is from Morocco. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure of his homeland. He's not from this country.
1: They have Cade Cunningham going number one on the yeah. list right uh, now have, to the Detroit Pistons. I
2: have seen Cunningham play, and he's a fine player, uh-huh. excellent player. But this other kid, and he uh, has it, a kid... Jonathan, it's uh, Kaminga. Yeah, Jonathan Kaminga in the G League now. Yeah, that's the kid. Do you I'm follow any any
1: of the developmental league stuff at all? I don't know. No. All right. Nope. Well, none of us do.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll talk about the NFL. There's some news to report on that today, right here on Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show.
0: Listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Yeah, we
1: are a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. We'll be carrying the Chiefs games again this season. We will be doing the pre-pre-game show. Our first game happens on August 14th. That is a Saturday. The Chiefs take on the San Francisco 49ers. If you're looking at your calendar, that's about three weeks away. Mm -hmm. So football's upon us. And we had the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs in town Thursday night over at the Riff for our Chiefs happy hour. Ned, you guys did a spectacular job. Um, because basically you just said, Mitch, what do you think about the sky? And 30 minutes later, <laughs> <laughs> he answered the question. I said that because but it was great.
2: All we were, all Art Haynes and I, were were bookends. <laughs> Sit between him and uh, maybe kind of channel the conversation in one particular way, but once it starts, he is on. He's a mm. tremendous interview, and uh, I mean it in every sense of the word. He, I can't imagine any other NFL announcer, or any announcer for that matter, any broadcaster for a team having his kind of knowledge and background. This guy is really a super broadcaster, does a terrific job, uh, like him or not. And, of course, there is no such thing as somebody who is universally liked by everybody. That does not happen, especially in our business. But the fact is that this guy, he's been there 28 years and does a superior job.
1: Can I tell you something? I... Was not a fan of Mitch Holtz mm-hmm. when when we first started carrying the Chiefs game. I thought this guy, and I know there's a there's Chiefs fans out there that are balling up their fists right now. <laughs> I thought this guy's the biggest homer that mm-hmm. I've ever heard. But I have grown to love him,
4: mm-hmm.
1: especially being around. I'm not going to you know BS you and say that we hang out together or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I have never personally met him. I've just been in the room when he's done these. Chiefs happy hours with us, and they are great, and he is great. One of the things that really struck me from what he said the other night was about the creation of the Chiefs kingdom and about how he wanted to create something that was encompassing for Chiefs fans, that it didn't matter what you look like, who you were, what color you were, what how much money you made, any of that, that you came together to root for the Chiefs and I would tell you, he's 100% successful in that venture. Oh, and, oh yeah. and he should be definitely, if nothing else, remembered for that. But I have grown to love him as a sports announcer and a broadcaster. I admire his ability to turn a phrase and also to be right there with the right information at the right time. And, folks, that is an incredibly specific set of skills that takes a lot of work off the air. Mm-hmm.
2: The interesting fact about that, Joe, in that his creation of Chiefs Nation is it's not unique. There are other, in fact, yeah. almost all the other pro outfits and, and, and big-time colleges have that same motif for what they do. The key is this. The, we, and you pointed this out earlier, and you're absolutely right, John, uh, our nation is divided. Mm-hmm. You cannot get around it. It's not the first time. That's one of the reasons why the United States was formed, so we could all have our voice and our opinion, and it is in our civil rights that we can do that sort of thing. But sometimes it's carried to an an extreme that is simply not acceptable. And uh, we may be approaching that right now and, again, can say that sort of thing because it does exist. Mm -hmm. Over and above that, what brings us all together? What entity in life? And the answer is Sports. Mm. Yes, you have your favorite teams, but yes, we are unified in rooting for those teams. That's why I find our uh, kind of passe attitude about the Olympics a little bit uh, disturbing because it is our country that's competing mm-hmm. and we are there to back that country. We're there to back our home team. Now it's the Cardinals and the Cubs, come back the Cardinals. And there's some who back the Cubs, of course. That's what it's all about. But you couldn't care what color they are. Come on, who cares or what your creed is? Mm-hmm. That's why athletics is so great because mm-hmm. it does bring together. I hesitated to use this the other night, but there it's a it's a comedic expression, and I think it was Zsa, Zsa Gabor. I'm not sure Zsa, Zsa or Ava Gabor. One of those two Gabor sisters didn't know anything about sports, but they were. This is about twenty five or thirty years ago. Said. This football is really interesting because, and, and America is so great. Where else could you find a place and a team where black people and white people can come together and call themselves the Redskins? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Very <God>. true. <laughs> it doesn't work now because <laughs> Redskins is not around, but right. hey, that's, all, that's what it's all about.
1: Mm-hmm. He did a phenomenal job. He covered so many different things in a short span of time. He answered questions. He was very gracious. And uh, I thought it was interesting because in the past, he's talked specifically about football. But this year, he talked a little more about COVID than um, Mm -hmm. I I wish we weren't talking about it. But obviously, we still are. And it's a major issue in the NFL right now because um, there's a certain level threshold that teams want that the NFL wants players and teams at before they hit the field. I understand that there are two teams in the NFL currently that are below 50% in vaccination. They have not said what two teams those are. And it was interesting to get his take on it because one of the questions asked of him was, what's the Chiefs, where are they at? And he said, I can't tell you that. It's got to come from the team. Uh And it did come from the team.
2: He is absolutely right. That is the rule. The team is the one that has to uh, allow that information to be used, and it was ninety percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. which it, is great for Chief
1: Sands. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: So, but the fact is, uh, there are some teams that really aren't anywhere near that. Apparently, coming the information coming from the teams themselves, and uh, what you do to that, the the you cannot mandate to an individual. I can't say, Josh Roberts, you have to have it. You can't do that. That's a violation of civil rights. You can't. You can make your own choice. But what you can do is penalize the team Uh and let the team as an employee, uh, if they don't follow through, and this is what the NFL has done, they're going to forfeit their games. They're not going to change the schedule. They're Uh going to forfeit the games if they do run into a problem in which they don't have enough people to compete.
1: A lot of people lose sight of that while we live in a democracy, we also live in a capitalist society mm-hmm. and that businesses can determine what their employees do if they want those people to be employed by them. And they can also determine what their customers do. Sure. And we can determine as a customer whether we want to shop at that store, eat at that restaurant, go to that football game, buy the things that that business mandates and they're not constitutionally doing anything wrong by doing those things that's the that's kind of the crux the the fulcrum that we sit on as a society that we have one side that's democratic and the other side that's capitalist and so it's 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 i think some people lose sight of that and i think that Mm -hmm. happens on both sides of the aisle wherever you fall at that they lose sight that these these things can happen and Mm -hmm. so i think it's interesting i i like the nfl's approach I'm, uh, I'm for vaccination, personally. I know most people at the table have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I don't know what your thoughts are, Ned. Well, I
2: have been vaccinated. Uh, I didn't have any exposure. Well, I take it back. I did have exposure to COVID uh, prior to the vaccine coming out, but I did not, to my knowledge, contract the disease. But uh, the fact of the matter is that it's free. It is suggested What's the figure that they came out with, John? That's 159 people in the country have been... Va- 159 million, million people have uh-huh. been vaccinated. 5,000 have re- recontracted. Yes. Well, what's that percentage? That's I've, less than uh, 1%. Yeah,
4: that's yeah. a minuscule percentage.
2: So you know fully... There, there's nothing, nothing that's 100%, no. nothing. <laughs> but this is as close to it as you're going to get. And I say, why not get it? If for no other reason... If you don't care about yourself, Mm -hmm. you do care about others. You're protecting others. Mm -hmm. I I just, I cannot understand why somebody wouldn't
1: want to do it. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the NFL camps opening up. Interesting story developed this morning. Deshaun Watson showed up to the Texans camp. Yes. That was a financial move. More than anything else, he would be fined $50,000 a day for not showing up to camp. That's more than a lot of people make in a year. Yes, it is. is (laughs) $50,000 is what he'd be fined. Yeah. Uh I I don't know no charges have been filed against him yet. He's under a lot of civil suits. So I mean there's no really judicial process to go through other than the <laughs> other than the civil suits. But I fi- I find it really interesting because uh there's still the Texans don't want him there. He he made it clear that he wanted to be traded. Yeah. Uh-huh. The team seems they they've got three quarterbacks in camp besides him. And they're still looking to trade him. This whole thing is, it's interesting to watch this play out. Your thoughts, Ned? Well, the fact of the matter
2: is that they've tried to trade him and they can't. Mm -hmm. There's nobody who wants to give up a certain amount of talent to take this guy. And that has to, it has to be done with the trade. It can't be done with a opting out or a free agency or something like that. So as long as he is there, the Texans have the choice of doing whatever they want in terms of they... Uh, paying the bill because if he does for instance they can he can opt out he can opt out and he would get probably his guaranteed money wouldn't get paid for the year but he'd get guaranteed money This is the same with Aaron Rodgers they get their guaranteed money but nothing can happen to them in terms of changing teams unless a trade is made and you have to have hey it takes two to tango Mm-hmm. You have to have a willing recipient, and you're sure as hell not going to give them away. It doesn't work that way at all.
1: Well, Adam Schefter reported this morning that there are teams interested in a trade mm-hmm. for him. So it will be interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure the price is high, but I wonder if that price is going to decline as we go through the, the trade. They won't know it mm-hmm. until it happens. Good news in the Chiefs camp, Patrick Mahomes ready to go. He showed up, and uh, we, we knew he was going to be there. He was probably there before anybody else was yeah. there besides Andy Reid. But turf toe, not an issue. He's healthy, and uh, I can't wait to see the Chiefs on the field. I can't mm. wait to see what the new wrinkles that they have. Uh, Mitch Holtis alluded to that when he was here. You know,
2: guys, and this is being cynical since that's how all of us in journalism are, is cynical. Uh, And uh, the Chiefs are going to be good They'll have a very good football team Whether or not they get to the Super Bowl again That remains to be seen But they'll have a very, very, very good football team But keep in mind We are victims down here of hearing one side of That's the story. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Don't think the other 31 teams of the NFL are sitting around on their behinds <laughs> doing nothing at all. They are, and they're preaching the same to their loyal base of fans, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, having said all that, I do think Kansas City is going to be pretty good. Their track record is good. So no. a track record is excellent.
4: Let's be honest, Ned. Do you really think the Jets are preaching to their fans that they're going to be good this year? I think they're <laughs> preaching to them, and what they're saying is, please come back. Right. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Like, <laughs> Give us a chance, man. Come on. What was
1: your uh, number one takeaway from what Mitch said the other night? The number one? Yep. I think the
2: fact that he said that this team is taking a look at future talent knowing fully uh, well that uh, that was one of, back in their glory days of the late 60s and early 70s, one of the great Achilles heels was Hank Stram's understanding of his great, and, and his favorites, who he played. He kept uh-huh. them around way, way too long, and the whole franchise, in terms of winning, crumbled. Yes. It didn't play very well for years. Uh-huh. I think what he said was, hey, we drafted a guy like Noah Gray and people of this caliber to come in and replace thus and such and so and so. We cannot stay with those people. I think he made that abundantly clear that it's great to have favorite players, but this is pro football. Uh-huh. It's a game of attrition, not only not only season by season, but year by year. And you better find some level of understanding as to how you're going to work.
1: We'll talk more about the NFL and everything that's going on in it next on Ned Talk.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: There's so much sports to talk about, so many things going on the Olympics, NBA Finals, baseball training camp opens ESPN is talking about well the Madden rankings are coming out today talk about a made for TV crap event mm-hmm. <laughs> Ned I won't even start don't, with you don't, because no. you don't care you don't care at all John
3: what about you I just love the fact that inevitably, when the NBA and the the Madden games debut, there's like a handful of players that are irate over their ranking in a video game. <laughs> yeah,
4: it is kind of crazy. What do you think, Josh? Uh, it's it's funny to even think that that there's a some kind of spectacle in sport <laughs> that is based solely on the the rankings of players in a video
1: game they're turning it into a whole week event oh, oh my, my
4: gosh. gosh so they're gonna they're
1: going to dole re- them out day after day after day after day I remember last year we talked about this a little bit because Lamar Jackson got a better ranking than Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and that was dumb yeah <laughs> we said so on the radio at the time and we were proven right by the season yeah. so we were right about one thing. At least one thing
4: all of last year. My question is, is has Madden progressed past the point where there's one play on every team that's unstoppable? Because that's what it used to be when I played those games, is there was one play on every team that nobody could stop.
3: See, that's what I miss, too. So it seems like with the rankings we're getting away from the fun part of video games because, you know, when I was young and I'd play like an NBA game, if I wanted Terry Porter to be the best player in the league from the Blazers, then by God, Terry Porter was going to score 50 points a game. <laughs> right, <Yeah>.
1: exactly. <laughs> But you can't do that anymore, can you? can't. You? No. You can't. I find that with the baseball video games. That's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I stopped. they try to make it a little too realistic. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because I wanted the the guy off the bench mm-hmm. for the Yankees to have the best, Shane Spencer, mm-hmm. to have the best season ever. Right. You and Shane, Shane Spencer couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't hit 65 home runs. And so a lot of the games wouldn't even let Aaron Judge hit 20 home runs during the season because mm-hmm. you just try to be too, a little too, you got to do too much stuff. Yeah. Too much hand movement there for, for, for my legs. <laughs> Let's stick with baseball. Uh, one of the biggest news stories of the week was the uh, Cleveland baseball franchise has a new name. It is the Guardians. Ned, your thoughts on the Guardians.
2: Hopefully, hard after all these years to change from the Cleveland Indians. They've been that forever. Well, I can't say forever because they were the Cleveland Spiders before then. But oh, I like that. They should come back. Yeah, uh, I, and there was some groundswell to have that happen. But this Guardians one that they would chosen. Apparently, I'm not being from there, but I, I'm told that it's, it's two statues at uh-huh. the end of a bridge of almost a 5,000 foot bridge that spans Lake Erie into some other city across on the other side. But at each end is, are these statues. They're called the Guardians of Traffic, and it's become uh, something of an iconic situation. And apparently that has gone over pretty well with the fans there. Now, I, I'm i not Native American, so I, I, what, what can you say when when you're practicing political correctness in terms of athletics? Uh, I don't find the Indians racist, and I do not find it Uh, objectionable. It is a a nationality, American Indian. I call them Native Americans now, but it was always American Indian. But be that as it may, that's what has been chosen and Guardians will be what they will be starting next year. The Cardinals, when they play on Tuesday night, are still playing the Indians. Yes, that's (laughs) correct. That's correct.
1: (laughs) I thought when they came up with the name, it sounded a little bit like something you'd hear in a movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Cleveland Guardians, but now that you've told the story behind it, I kind of like it. Well, it
2: does. It fits into the the area because it, yeah. they are iconic statues that the, all of the citizenry or whomever uh, is able to identify with as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Again, it's changing the name of an institution that's been around. My goodness sake, the Cleveland Indians, the late 1940s, first uh, first team to employ a an African-American coming into the American mm-hmm. League when Bill Veeck brought in Larry, Larry Doby, yep. followed mm-hmm. by satchel page yes. the first african-american pitcher to come in mm-hmm. i mean there's a great history to this team mm-hmm. and then uh, but hey if if it is if if that's what's mandated then that's what you have to
1: do let's embrace the change let's go out and buy some guardians gear
3: i don't you know i'm glad they kept the same colors uh, guardians was the same number, font yeah same font the guardians was the fan choice they did have a poll mm-hmm. uh, i believe spiders was the second choice but guardians did win by a wide margin. I do have a problem with the logo I saw online, which is like a baseball with two little like the flash-looking lightning bolts on the side or yeah, something. I did see. Like, that, yeah. you know, there are graphic designers out there, right, Cleveland? Not you don't just let your teenage son use Microsoft Paint to come up with your logo. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad.
4: What do you think, Josh? Well, I I think it's. I'm glad Ned explained where the name came from because I was a little baffled by that uh, but that makes sense now and I think it's fine I, I I understand I think some of the groups that are pushing political correctness are not the actual groups that are affected by these things uh-huh. and so I, I, I feel like they need to kind of get on board with the group that they're trying to uh, be the voice of but I understand I mean if, if changing the name of sports franchise to me is not that big of a deal. I mean, the the Browns went to Baltimore and became the Ravens before they got another franchise. I mean, Indianapolis was uh, in uh, Baltimore and moved overnight, although they didn't change their name. But, you know, I mean, it happens. It's, you know, I don't think it's any big deal. You know, when it comes to the changing of the, the names, and, and
2: basically it's the Native Americans who are – the ones who were affected mostly by this there was one that came back to uh, bite the ncaa in the behind and that was florida state mm-hmm. the florida state oh, yeah. ball club is the seminoles mm-hmm. and always has been well that's got to be changed when they did that seminole nation mm-hmm. in florida said wait a minute this is a pretty good deal mm-hmm. where they're honoring us they call themselves the seminoles mm-hmm. so if there's and again we're isolating one group there but mm-hmm. I'm sure there are others, I suspect, who would be, I, I can't see how Indians would be an offensive name.
1: Well, I mean, I I think, first of all, you have to go back historically and look at something. I think a name that any group chooses for themselves, mm-hmm. and, I, and, there's, and I, I won't say this universally because I don't think that this universally applies, but if there's a group of Native Americans who call themselves Cherokees or mm-hmm. Seminoles, that's fine. But Indians was a name given to Native Americans by white people who came Mm -hmm. here that thought that they had landed in India. Right, and so that's where it becomes offensive because that's not the name that they had chosen for themselves. Mm -hmm. Nor is the Redskins the name that they'd chosen for themselves. Uh, Redskins Redskins is derogatory. Indians, I don't think, was meant to be derogatory.
2: No, No, it wasn't at all. Redskins. Well, yes, Mm -hmm. I can see where that might be offensive to uh to many but in terms of the others i again i'm white american so i, I can't really identify with it through white eyes but we, you know i'm irish <laughs> notre dame calls themselves the fighting irish well, i'm not a fighter i'm a you're a lover. Not sure I'm a lover either.
1: <laughs> You're the Ned. You're just the Ned. But what if they were, I, you know, I'm gonna get in trouble, so I'm not gonna do it. No, we'll no, come no, back no. and we'll come back and we'll talk in a minute. We'll wrap up the show right here on 104.7 The Cave.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio net.
1: Chance of rain this afternoon. i us see if I can uh, say that now. Looks like it's going to be warm again. 89 for a high. 71 for an overnight low right now. 87 and partly cloudy. Are you mowing this afternoon, Ned? Already done it. Already mowed? Did it
2: yesterday, and boy, I'll tell you, it was nice and toasty out there, too. But it it brings out... The good perspiration in your body, all the bodily poisons that have been built
1: up, that's all expelled. Yeah, it's all good. Feels really good. So are you going to go home and uh, peruse the Urban Dictionary this afternoon? (laughs) All right,
2: guys, I will will admit to you, I guess I'm... Naive is that I've never heard oh. of the Urban Dictionary, and I'm not sure that I want to. I, after not do fortunate is the correct <laughs> this terminology way that, leads
3: that you've to
1: madness. This. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yes. what you, so since you're not going to do that, what are you going to uh, watch on sports this afternoon? won't be
2: watching this afternoon mm-hmm. anything. I have a lot of writing that I have to do for another project. And, uh, but I will probably tonight because I think the White Sox played the Brewers on TV tonight. I'd li- like to see. theirs are two of the top teams in baseball.
1: Yeah, we should mention that Ned was at the annual picture shoot this morning for the mm-hmm. Pigskin, pig mm-hmm. tracing that three times mm-hmm. fast, preview, which is coming out in the uh, next month or so. It'll,
2: it'll come out probably the early to middle part of August, more than middle part. The first games are on August the 20th, whatever that Friday is. I think it's August 28th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, wow. But there are games this year, and this guy's, if I have a chance at the bully pulpit here for a moment, There are games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, high school games. And it's very, very rare, but it's coming out of necessity Mm -hmm. because there are not enough game
1: officials. Wow. That makes sense. Wow. So if you know anybody out there that's a uh, referee, Ronnie Flint, I'm speaking to you. To get out there and uh, referee some football games.
2: It's it's not like it's a non-profitable situation. Let's get, I mean, you can get $100 a, a game mm-hmm. for doing these things. Let's talk to Coach
1: Rowe. Let's get him out there. Oh, he's already been. He, mm-hmm. he has been an official for many years. I know. Web, let's get him out of retirement. Let's it, get Coach Rowe out if there. If he comes out of retirement, then I will. Because he and I are <laughs> about the same age. Next time you talk to him, say, Coach, let's do this. Let's do it.
3: John, what about you? Uh, I, I don't know that I'll watch much today. We've got some uh, some vehicle issues. so uh, I don't want to hear about your personal life. Yeah, just those so <laughs> what you're going to watch know, on TV. I I on. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably just going to watch our friends uh, Mac and Lucy help out with the car, and Kara's going to watch them. She's got to work a little bit later. I'm, I probably won't do much today, honestly. Again, your personal life, we don't want to know. I know, about. I know.
1: All right, what about you, Josh? I'm you're going, going to work. I'm going to work. <laughs> going to deal that weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think I'm going to go home and <laughs> watch some baseball. I think you should. I just want to go home and just get myself down, watch some baseball because it's a Sunday afternoon. Take some naps in the chair. Several naps. I'm gonna take multiple naps in the Mm -hmm. chair this afternoon and watch some baseball. We'll be back next Sunday with another round of Ned Talk. Thanks to Josh. Thank you. Thanks to John. (laughs) Thanks to Ned. And thanks to Corbett Gamble, Scott Meyer, and Mike the intern. If you want to download us, you can do that as a podcast at 1047thecave.com. We'll see you next Sunday.